I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. He has created an absolute Boys, we are here to rant. James, we have to do justice before we just slide right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races of all time. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a B team. What do they need? What on earth? I don't have an option. I'm talking World Wow. Welcome. Welcome. To Prem de la Prem. All right. We now welcome everyone to the first installment of the Prem de la Prem Roundtable Series 2021-22 Season Edition. It's a momentous day, gentlemen. We're doing things a little differently, too. Uh, Normally, you guys are used to us doing this club by club, Mm. but we're going to switch it up a little bit. We're going to bring in... Some different personalities, some different voices, and uh, see how things unfold. And this time, it's a little uh, unconventional in the sense that we're representing different teams, all banterable in their own regard. Steve, Mark, Nigel, it's great to have you on. We allocated about 30 minutes for tech issues, and we're all here. It's amazing. Incredible. Congrats Congrats to all three of you. Um, Why don't we go around the table? Uh, People at home probably aren't familiar that you three are familiar so maybe a little bit of uh exchanging stories and how you all know each other and a bit about reminder about your club so why don't we start with you steve um hi guys um leicester city the mighty foxes is is my team Um, it's been much more enjoyable the last kind of five to seven years than it was the first 30 or so years um uh, i know mark and nigel through my wife Um, she's responsible for i say all the good things in my life and including these two uh, vagabonds that have come to know and love over the years. Um, yeah, Mark's hi. look of amazement. Yeah, <laughs> never no, received just, a compliment before. No, it's just such a lovely thing to say. I wasn't expecting that. Hey, hey Steve, love worse. you too. Yeah, love you too. Um, I'm Mark. Uh, my team's Tottenham, and I it's exactly the same reason as Steve. I know these two gentlemen through my wife, and that's that's pretty much. Yeah, the way it is, I guess. And with many holidays and um, many games of tennis, uh, which I've, I remember I seem to be victorious at with many Steve times. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. That had no natural segue, and I respect it. <laughs> <laughs> it's always written down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, finally. And uh, yes, Nigel here. I'm a Man United fan. Uh, Solidly since 1966, through many peaks and uh, and troughs. A lot of people can only remember the the peaks, but there've been plenty of troughs, including uh, some uh, recent ones. Uh, I also know these two other gentlemen through uh, my wife, which I guess presumes now, since all three of us did it that way, that women rule the world. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If we didn't already know it. Uh, yeah. Well, great. Yeah. Welcome all of you back to the podcast. Happy to have you here together. I think great way to start it off. Let's just look back at last year. You know, Steve, here you are sitting with your your Spurs and your Manchester United friends, and it's you that's bringing home the silverware from Leicester City, winning the FA Cup. I just want to let you have this little moment to bask in the glory, boast a little bit, uh, and we'll just get things going there. I'm glad you started with that because I thought you were going to start off by our kind of miserable ability to slide out of the top four at the last minute like we did the year prior. No, it, it was it, one I, way or the other. It's coming. Yeah, I think it was, it was a great season, and I think we continue to to show good progress. Um, you know, our biggest challenge again will be keeping the spine of the team in place because you know every time you pick up the the Daily Mail or the Mirror, Mark, um, you know we see a 
big club being linked with Ndidi or Madison, you know, or Tielemans. And, and so I think that's really kind of the challenge that we have as a club. But, you know, like Bertrand, I think there's some good, good, good thinking there. So, you know, to me, great season last year. And, you know, if we can have that kind of a season where we're in, we're in the race for Europe again, I think that would be a great you know, marker for Leicester. Yeah, I don't know if you know, but we just did a uh, a transfer recap episode on Prem de la Prem, and neither of us had ever heard of Bubakari Samare, but we're confident he's going to be one of the best players in the Premier League. A plus transfer. In I just I, at this point, every every Leicester transfer, I just grade an A plus because I know it's going to age well. Um, and you you mentioned it obviously sliding out of the top four. You know, does that like looking back on the season? You, you, you please with just the FA Cup, you know, do you, is there still more for Leicester to get? I remember in our last conversation, there was a lot of, you know, just stability was, uh, uh, you know, the first milestone for Leicester to achieve. Uh, and now it seems like you've got that. Is was How do you reflect on last season? Yeah, I mean, I think when you think of a club like Leicester, being one of the top best four clubs in the country is always going to be a real stretch, right? When you think of the kind of money that Liverpool, Man U... You know, kind of Chelsea, Man City, you know, potentially Spurs, if they ever get their act together, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a challenge for us. Um, so I, I think that is kind of what's best, you know, and there'll be some seasons where we kind of sneak in and we win something like this year. And um, so, so that, I think that's exactly the kind of good, the high level mark for, for our club. And, you know, if everyone has a bad season, we'll win the league again. It will be something like that. Um, right. So that, that certainly feels right for us in a good season. Fair enough. And then speaking of cup finals, Mark, Nigel, I think we have some talking to do uh, about this this last season as well. Uh, Mark, we'll start with you. We, we've we been dying to talk to you about the cup finals. <laughs> and <laughs> the, the, decision, the decision to sack Mourinho uh, the week before the final, uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to put any color on it. I just want to know your thoughts uh, yeah. of the decision to sack Mourinho the, the week of the cup final. All right, so it's it's good to have some good boundaries around my thoughts about how bad Spurs were last year. So let's have that boundary, which was the cup and the decision. Um, I that's, support, that's the I, line. Yeah, I supported it a hundred percent. I think we were we were shocking. We were shocking. And <laughs> to be honest with you, giving giving Mourinho the little bit of satisfaction of getting to that final with that team, he didn't deserve it. Like I'm so glad that he was slung out the door unceremoniously. So, and um, whether or not it was the right decision or not, I mean, the way I think about it is is he might say, oh, he deserved it or, any, or anything else. I looked at that team going out for the games for the couple of games before. And um, I just thought like if they'd gone out with Mourinho, I reckon they'd have been stuffed by five instead of one. That's what, I, that's what I felt. I felt like the team was so anti. You could just tell. You could just tell. Like, mm. I, I don't think... I don't think you make a decision like that unless things are awful. Like, I just don't see... Mm-hmm. You don't make a, a, thing, a decision like that on the spur of the moment. And I, my guess is they were things were awful. So, so you think if you I were, think it was the right thing to do. If you were a fly on the wall, you think they were making the decision because they thought they would have a better chance of winning the final. Without I felt, yeah, because you know what? You get a little bit of um, new manager coming in, um, us against them, backs against the wall, let's have a go, let's try. I just feel like that that put pinning your hopes on that was actually better than listening to Marine, a Mourinho press conference after a defeat. I'm sorry. <laughs> when a, to be when cl- a, a half a trophy. I think he's counted that as a half a trophy. Yeah, he's counted that as a half a trophy, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. He has. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, that's... well. To be to be clear, the new, the new manager bounce that you're speaking of, your your manager had never coached a game before. 
Yeah, correct. And he was, I think it was just uh, head of the academy. I think it was, <laughs> you know, but at least, at least a, a Spurs man. And that, that, I mean, that's the thing. I think things were that bad. I, I just do. Yeah. I just, I think things were that bad. You just don't know what was going on mm-hmm. behind the scenes. You, you, I think Mourinho has come out with a little bit of a, of a version of what was going on. But, um, I, you know, I just honestly, we were just so terrible. I just, there's no way to dress it up. We deserve to finish where we finished. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, the joke was that we were top of the league at December, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Christmas, right? Sure. And um, but if you watched any of those games, like uh, with, you know, people talk, they they joke and laugh about the Tottenham way, but the Tottenham way is that I, I, I can sum up the Tottenham way. The Tottenham way is we usually have one great player, right? We usually have one great player, whether it's Gascoigne, whether it's a Waddle, you know, through the ages we've had one great player, and we accept the fact that we never win because we usually play some decent football. Ginola, we've had some great players. And everyone was conspiring to not play well for him at all. And uh, you could just tell. Um, it's amazing to me that he still gets jobs. I, I, it blows yeah. my mind that people still think, with how much of a personality, I was going to use a different word, he is. <laughs> a different that, P he, word. That, yeah, that he, still, that he still gets jobs. It's incredible to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, imagine if, imagine if you were a bit rubbish at your job, right? And um, yes, let's just a, imagine. Just, just imagine. And <laughs> yeah. let's say, please tell, you, tell me what that's like, Mark. You need a, you need a dressing down. So, would you prefer your dressing down to happen in private, or would you prefer your dressing down to happen on the company notice board or on the internet <laughs> so that everyone could see it? Because that's exactly what Jose Mourinho would do. He wouldn't tell you to your face. He'd go to, you know, he'd wait until after the press conference, and he would slate players whose confidence was already low. Right? Are you convinced the and, only reason he, he said what he said to Deli Alley was because it was being recorded for the documentary? Uh, I think that's possible. Yeah. I think that's a really possible idea. Like, yeah, he loves himself so much. He does. And we're, really in, does. Yeah, we're in new season. More than me. Know, so <laughs> Sorry. We're, we're seeing that again with him at Roma. It's all, well, it's all. It is funny, Steve, you mentioned that because it's just always seems to be positive around him when he starts a new job. You remember the trophies. You remember the tro- not, not the trouble, but you remember the trophies. His success in, you know, I mean, even going back, Porto, Inter, obviously Madrid, Chelsea, but those are that's it's ages ago at this point. Yeah, and I mean, in in the recent years, there are many indictments of Mourinho's approach, but I would say one of like Exhibit A has to be Luke Shaw, that his technique of undermining somebody's confidence, who's or which is already low, um, just takes it even lower. I don't understand from a man management point of view how <laughs> I think, how he thinks that possibly works. Yeah. I think Mourinho would be taking credit for Luke Shaw's recent performances. Uh, it's a fi- it's a five uh, year it's a five year plan. Oh uh, right, right, right. He, he nearly he nearly did he nearly did in some in his remarks about Luke Shaw after after the Euro, in which yeah. was obviously fantastic. Came off oh. a, a great season there as well. Well, yeah. N- Nigel, can I call you Nigel? Go ahead, go ahead, son. <laughs> let's uh, let's keep it on the let's uh, let's keep it on the theme of Cup finally United again, again, uh, turning what could have been a very good season to a what could have been season with their loss against Villarreal, which was you know obviously being a United fan myself, hard to watch and hard to take given the momentum that was going into it. How does that change your reflection on the season? Um, how does that change your judgment of Solskjaer and, and how we're set up for for the following season? 
Yeah, well, luckily finishing. Yeah, uh, luckily finishing second came after the disappointment of the penalty shootout with Villarreal. So, to me, that the highlight is finishing second. I think that is the headline on the season, and that's the head of the the report card. And I think that's a pretty good report card. And I think a year ago, uh, uh, when I gave a prediction that uh, they would finish uh, second and was uh, laughed out of the pod. Uh, for doing that um, and said Liverpool would fall away but but you know we can listen to these re-recordings anytime you want just to <laughs> add to the veracity of my prediction capabilities but anyway second was uh, was was <laughs> second was really wow. the highlight um, but I would say that losing two semi-finals and a final yeah so that's three games that are essentially must-win games because you have to view any league game. I know we beat Man City uh, twice, but that's not a must-win game because you've no. got 38 games. So a semi-final, if you want to get to a final, and then more importantly, a final is a must-win game. And our record on that in the last two years under Solskjaer has been problematic. So I actually think it's a little... Uh, it is a black mark on the season because it's more than just losing the Europa final. It's this problem of where is that absolute winning mentality, um, you know, when it comes to the crunch. And that's something that all great winning teams and certainly the United team under Ferguson, you know, a Ferguson team would never have lost three must-win games or two semifinals in the final. Um, you know, the, and the fact that Villarreal went to penalties, I... I you know, and penalties is a is is a um, you know is a is a fifty fifty lucky shot sort of thing uh, until you know De Gea is taking your final kick, uh, <laughs> then it becomes more like an eighty twenty that you're gonna gonna lose out. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, the fact the penalty shootout was the the loss, I I I don't hold much store by that because really you should be beating Villarreal inside ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, we never looked like we were going to. So, uh, mm-hmm. really disappointing. That was the big thing for me, Nigel. They, they they just didn't play very well. Yeah, you know. And there were moments in last season where they just really went at teams and looked really good going forward. And that was the, what what I think United fans really want to see is that, right? Yeah. Well, I think that was the that was the the, the, the problem, and it was the same in the semi final against Sevilla the year before. Um, to a degree, it was the problem in the Leicester City semi final. They just don't show up in in the must win games, and that's that's a problem. But anyway, I would say that's a black, uh, a small black mark on what was a good season. What do you think that boils down to in in that United? You mentioned the Ferguson sides of years, but even even down, you know, a goal or two in a game, you never you never really thought it was much of a problem. And United showed some of that characteristics earlier in the season. It felt like almost a kiss of death for teams was to. To, to, to score at Old Trafford and then, you, you know, okay, well, United's going to go on and win this game. Yeah. And, you know, it looked like, you know, Bruno really galvanized that team, changed the personality of the side. And then towards the end of the season, yeah, it didn't really have the same type of performance that, that, that Steve was mentioning, where they would just take it two teams the way you would, you would expect of United. What What is that missing piece? Is it just kind of a hurdle they need to get over? Do they need people into the side? Is it, I mean, obviously, uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about... Um, Ollie, he just got a contract extension. I know he's, you know, we're we're probably the the last to, to slate him. Everything seems like he's he catches a lot of shit from, you know, everybody. It seems like I think to, at this point unfairly so. Uh, but curious what you think 
because clearly the ambitions of United are to win the silverware, win the league, and, and be decisive in those moments. And we're talking about the Europa League final as well, right? So yeah. what is that missing piece to kind of get back to that, that stage? Well, I think, uh, you know, they often talk about with uh, teams and managers, you know, what, what's the plan B? You know, if your plan A, which is your basic approach to a game, is not working, what's plan B? Um, I think with uh, United in these big games, the, the plan A is is the first 11. I mean, it's such a, it was such a predictable first 11. Uh, and quite rightly, I mean, it was, you know, he put out his 11 best players. Mm-hmm. And therefore, anybody else who was on the substitute bench or in the rest of the squad, they knew they were not being counted on. So he, by being so overt about, here's my best 11 players, the rest of the squad never felt it could change a game and he never felt it would. So it became kind of this, uh, essentially this thing where there was no plan B. There was nobody on the bench he trusted or would go to. Um, He may have been playing the long game on, I need three or four new players, which, you know, which which masterclass. Yeah. Which is a pretty obvious uh, tactic, but still, uh, getting back to motivation, you know, man, motivation or whatever. I, I feel like every so often he needed to give one of those squad players the, the confidence that they could be a game changer. And, and I think, you know, again, to answer your question about prior years, Patrick, you know, Ferguson would never have left himself with just 11 players. If he didn't feel one of them was performing or doing the right thing, somebody would have come on and, and done that. Yeah. And so I'll just ask you plainly, is do you believe in 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 Ollie to kind of take that the team to that next that next level? Obviously, it's not all going to be down to, you know, the, the manager. It's not always just the manager. But at the end of the day, someone's got to be held accountable to the performance. You got a new contract over the next three years, I think it is 2024. So he's got three seasons. What does he need to accomplish over the next three seasons? Well, this season, we definitely need to win a trophy. Um, and finish no le- late, uh, no lower than second. I mean, if you're if you're Man United, your aspiration is is the title, full stop. So anything less than second means on that absolute aspiration that we've uh, fallen short. So you know that that has to be the first priority alongside either the, the Premier League, which I wouldn't uh, say we're ready for, but if it's not that, then it has to be some trophy. And that's a, that's a mandatory, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Marcus, definitely. Steve, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on what you think Manchester United's uh, potential is, especially, and this is not a, not a, I think they've done some great things, but look at the competition across the top of the, the top of the league uh, and, you know, the, the ambition that other sides are showing. Second isn't, you know, a foregone conclusion really for any club. No. So curious what you think uh, for Manchester United this season is a attainable outcome. Yeah, but uh, to be honest, I, I think second is attainable. Um, I thought Pogba had a great Euro. Um, I feel like uh, he completely outshone... Who is the Portuguese guy again? Fernandes? I think he yeah. completely outshone him in the mm-hmm. Euros. Um, so I think it would be nice if United managed to get the best out of Pogba because you always feel like that's just an ongoing right. dialogue. You know, like how do you, how do you unlock him? <laughs> You know, we've got one year. We've got one year left to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, sure, that's right. I, are you selling it? You might this be is, selling it. Right? I, I think know. there's a lot of drama in that before then, right? 
Yeah. I don't know if you've yeah. seen The Last Dance on ESPN, but I, I think this is the, the football <laughs> version with Pogba coming up. Is it? Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Right. Sorry, um, continue. No, that's all right. I just think that, um, I think they're a pretty good side. I mean, like, you know, you look at, you look at them. I, I think the problem for top two, okay, the, the, the problem all these clubs face, they, they, I don't want to go off topic. I'll stick with Man United, but, you know, I mean, making this about United, we've, you know, Super League, right, that stuff. I'm sorry to bring it up. But the football now is about James Bond villains in charge of football clubs, right? And I, it really is. I just, I just feel like it's gone. Like the, the opportunity for a, a manager like Oli to make a difference is really, really hard when you've got Man City and Chelsea spending the money they're spending. Like it's impossible. It's, it's a real hard thing. I think second is an overachievement. I honestly do. I, I mean, I think classically Manchester United should always be in, in there with, with the title. But I just feel like at the minute. It really, you know, I think you could put Bobby Bobby Robson in charge of Manchester United right now, and I he's think he's dead. He's dead, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Sorry, yeah, not right now. But <laughs> you know, got, we could we could reanimate him. <laughs> look, look, let's not, Nigel. Let's, let's not say the look spirit. The, the confines of yeah. reality. Yeah, let's let's yeah. entertain let's this. Say the spirit of Bobby Robson was in charge of Manchester United. I think he would struggle because I just think, I just think, you know, yeah, I think United should get two. I, I think uh, the the funny thing is, is I, I do think City get one again. We're out going into other teams, but I think this, the, the thing that United face, the reason why Leicester are just doing so well is because that Leicester have got a model where they've proven that they can um, compete, which is incredible, I think. I mean, that's the story. Um, but for United, yeah, I think I think second is definitely achievable. I just think first is like, phew. you know, I think one of Chelsea or City have to go wrong for United to get two, and I think that's possible. But I think for both Chelsea and City to have a crap season at the same time is, I just don't see the odds. That's that's the main thing. Yeah, uh, that, that's kind of where I was, Mark. Is that you know that I still look at the Man U eleven, and when I compare it to the Man City or kind of Chelsea eleven, you start to think about who would you prefer. And there's a couple of holes in the Man U team for me that still yeah. kind of fit yeah. there. Now, you know, I think obviously Sancho coming in is a, is a big step forward if he can deliver yeah. some of that kind of form that he's had before. Mm. Um, but, you know, I mean, Chelsea looked frightening at the end of last season, I thought. And, you know, whether they'll carry that on, but th- I think they looked incredible. Um, and so Man City, you know, Pep will always, you know, will always, they'll retool and do some things. So I think that's the biggest challenge. I expect United to continue their improvement under Ole, but... Will it be enough to kind of break through? And, and second, I think will be a good a good season if they can get to that. Yeah, I always think with United, it's um, can you get the most out of Pogba? I also wonder who plays centre back next to Harry Maguire. I always feel like the second centre back there is always it's always an ongoing dialogue and an issue. And I still think, honestly, like who is your number nine for real? You know, I mean, I know I know Tottenham are selling one at the moment, so um, <laughs> you know, if you want if you want to give us one hundred and sixty million. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take it we'll take it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you, with a straight face you say you're open to selling Harry Kane and then slap the 160 million <laughs> oh yeah completely make it, completely. Make it worth my while well let's yeah. stay let's stay on let's stay on this let's stay on Spurs yeah. um, Mark I want to know in honesty how far away do you think you were from getting a call from Levy to be the manager on the short list I turned it down I turned it down (laughs) yeah I turned it down so so we can break that news that you turned down the Spurs yeah I was about the I was about the 230th person they asked and uh, 
Nuno was two thirty one. Yeah, I mean, I've taken Spurs to like global domination on Football Manager, so um, <laughs> I I thought I was in with a shout. But it's impressive um, CV. Yeah, look, let me I turn this. Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry, let me turn it to a serious question that you can answer. Very serious. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think? How do you reflect on how the manager search as a PR initiative kind of? <laughs> how did it reflect on Spurs, and how do you feel? It was serious. <laughs> Ending up with Nuno and how publicly you guys went through that list and found out, you know, Ten yeah. Hag staying with Ajax, you know, Conti, oh no, he's not interested, just crossing these names off. Yeah. Are you happy with where it's landed and what kind of taste does it leave in your Look, mouth? Look, you, okay, that's, that's a really good question. I, I think... I got um, a question out of it in the end. Yeah, you did. I think that, um, do you know what? I don't mind where they've ended up. Yeah. I really don't think he's as bad as people make out at all. I think he did a really good, good job with Wolves. I think Spurs have got to stop having pretensions of Conti, right? Because I'd have loved to have seen a season or two of Conti because there would have been fireworks. But fair enough on Conti. He's a particular type of manager, probably not the right type of manager for Tottenham at that time and may never be the right manager for Tottenham. It, 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 he's a different, you know, he's a different breed. But I actually think Nuno's, I don't know, he's a man manager. He's the sort of guy who took average resources at a club like Wolves and made them better than what they were. That's exactly what Tottenham need right now. I think it'll be, mm. I think it'll be fine. I know people are talking about him being quite a defensive sort of oriented tactician, if you like. You know, he's always played with a back three or a back five. Um, never been a, you know, which I don't necessarily think in this modern game is negative. Um, but pretty popular. Yeah. yeah, pretty popular. But um, in terms of the PR, James, what a circus and what a nightmare! And do you know, you know, I think it's no coincidence they just they just sacked their head of public relations, didn't they, about a week ago? Is that and I right? wouldn't be, yeah, but I think that could all be, you know, Super League was a screw up for them. The Harry yeah. Kane transfer thing was a screw up for them. The Jose Mourinho firing was a screw up for them. The heart, you know, the the approach to Conti. The problem that he had with the approach to Conti is it, you can talk to Conti if you want, but if you're going to leak it and then you don't get him. Yeah. What what are you expecting? Yeah. What are you you're expecting your, the fans to go? Oh, that's okay. He probably just you know probably just didn't fancy us. Of course, it's all about ambition. It's all about how much you spend. It's all about drive. And yeah. um, you know, I, I personally I wanted Graham Potter. We didn't get him. So mm. really, you would have taken yeah. him over Nuno. I'd have taken Potter. I think Potter is actually quite possibly going to be an amazing manager. I think you look at what he's got with Brighton. It's the pieces and how he's put them together. Did they did they go for him and he turned it down or they didn't um, go for him? Mark? Well, it's it's interesting. They said he was on the short list. Ah. Some people said he turned it down. Some people did. Yeah. 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 He was on a, he was on the stone tablet carved into the mountain somewhere with with millions of names. But um, yeah, no, they did. They you know and um, you know I thought the saddest not the saddest story but the poor little story that was my favorite thing was that Jurgen Klinsmann apparently phoned Daniel Levy and asked if he could be yeah, the manager, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And Daniel apparently very nicely said, ah, oh, look, we'll call you, we'll call you, don't call us. Yeah. Well, this I isn't felt... that short, Jurgen, sorry. Yeah, it's not that short. I felt sorry for Jurgen because he was a bloody hero. I liked yeah. him. Yeah. But, um, Coached the US to greatness. He did, yeah. A little, little spot in my heart as well. Yeah. Greatness, relative term, sure. But yeah, I, think I, I, I really yeah. do know. As but well. on, on a, Nuno, uh, Mark, how many how many Portuguese players do you have? Because for Nuno, that's a particular style <laughs> is to essentially be Portugal. So, yeah. do you have any? Well, I don't think we do. No. I don't think we have one. 
No, yet. not that, not either, not that I can recall. I mean, we could do with some. We could do with any good players. Well, I don't mind what country they come from. If you want to get some Portuguese ones, but um, <laughs> just imagine you know, he's useless. Like they were, they were, to, they were talking about Connor Cody coming with him. Oh, so be a good get. He's yeah, young that would, as well. Yeah, that would be interesting because um, obviously he works with him really well. And you know what, Cody had some great games for Wolves last year. You know when. Jimenez went out, and obviously Wolves are on the back foot a lot. Cody was mm-hmm. heading and tackling everything out of the box. Like, so if we got him, I wouldn't mind. Good passer. Yeah, especially if you were to go three at the back. You know, Outerwild, yeah. Vertonghen, I think are you know in need yeah. of replacing in some time yeah. in the next couple of years. Um, yeah. Well, if I was if, Sanchez, if I, I was Spurs, if I was Spurs going to to Wolves to poach, uh, I think Jimenez would be the one. Yeah, you just wonder about the head injury, don't you? After yeah. after all that time, but you're right. He's yeah. a good player. Well, he's out playing. He's in the friendlies and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sorry, I've just video. Well, yeah. So yeah, Jimenez. But also, um, uh, one of the sad things about this year is that a lot of the Euro guys are going to get sold on. So, as in, you know, the ones who took us to the Euro, the Champions League final. So I think Adewere uh, yeah. odds off. I think. Harry Winks is off. I think quite a few players are going to be off. Harry Kane, obviously, is probably off. So, a um, bit of a change in the guard, but it has to happen, doesn't it? Because last season, you right. can't have that again. You can't hang on to... Uh, you, you get yourself into a Barcelona situation where you let emotions kind of take over, and then suddenly you've got the bare bones of a old squad. You know, you yeah. have to... You have to Make some hard cut decisions. The lines yeah, I think to later. a degree. Uh, yep. And obviously, yeah, that's the, that's the $160 million question with Spurs. Uh, you, you you seem to think Kane is Kane Kane is gone, Mark. Uh, I think for 160 million he should be. Sure. I think um, I'm not sure he'll get that. I think he's a hero. No, you say that now. I actually think he we will get that. I'll, I'll have From a gentleman's bet with you. I'll have I'll have a um, what can we bet? Have a five pound bet, five ten buck bet. I think Kane's going for 160. To City. No, I think it's 160. Maybe they throw in Jesus for 70 and it becomes 90 plus Jesus. But I think that's what that's the number they'll put on it. <laughs> I like that you call him Jesus. Yeah. 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 If you're Jesus and you're the small change at the back end of that deal, that that, uh, that must uh, hurt a lot. But I, a decent I, fee for, the, for, the, for that. When yeah. Kane goes to Man City, I've actually got what the headline will be. It's mm. not been used yet, but I know what the headline's going to be for at least you, the Sun, if not all of them. But you can't, you can't wait to share it. So share it with us now. <laughs> I was going to say, I can put it in a seal. I can put it in a sealed envelope. Can if you? you prefer, Mark? Yeah. Can you? Okay. Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. Very good. There you go. Very good. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, I think uh, I think each of Kane's ankles are, I think they're liabilities. So whoever I, takes yeah. him for a lot of money, yeah. and he's old enough, and you know what, it's been a great seven for Spurs. And if he wants to go. There's nothing worse than having a player wearing your shirt who yeah. doesn't want to be there. We yeah. know this time and again. Agreed. Agreed. So, yeah. I think 150, even if you get that for, for Kane uh, at yeah. his age, and as you say, with the fact he plays two-thirds of a season, I think that's great money. And I think uh, y- y- you could get one and a half players, you know, a replacement for him and another half that would make Steve, a better squad. Steve could build a whole squad at Leicester. Oh. I was going to say, that's a <laughs> yeah. title. We could buy 15 Kantes for that. I mean, this is <laughs> yeah. incredible. You know, but if you're going to spend that kind of money, Mark, wouldn't you go get Haaland? I mean, he that guy looks like a monster. Yeah. To, I mean, I, team. Like, to me, there's no not even yeah. a comparison if you're going to spend that kind of money. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. I'd get Haaland. I'd get the guy who plays for Fiorentina, who I think is going to be the next superstar. I think he looks amazing. And I'd get... Um, I, I think there are a few people. I mean, even, you know, would you not get... Sorry for saying Jesus again, but Jesus and Sterling for the same money as one Harry Kane? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. One and a half oh, players or two players, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean... I think it's, uh, I think yeah. it's doable from a PR point of view, getting back to Spurs PR... I think it's it's doable uh, without looking like you you've lost a legend with nothing yeah. back in return. Fair enough. Fair enough. Steve, let's 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 bring it to you and Lester a bit. Um, talking about players wearing the shirt, uh, it it does feel like there's been a shift with with Lester recently where they're no longer a selling club. I feel like their model shifted a little bit, and they can have more um, sort of bolster their approach in the sense that they don't need to give up players and it's almost more appealing to stay at Leicester than go to one of the other obviously I don't know is the big six outdated you know there's obviously the the top teams but it's like would 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 a James Madison want to go to Arsenal or would he prefer to stay at Leicester and let's um, let's keep it on on topic here James I thought you said the big six (laughs) (laughs) the the six not the the top six the big six Are you yeah the Super League the Super the League, Super League uh, participants yeah. <laughs> the ones who want to turn it into a Super Bowl? But my question to you is: Do you feel there's been a, a sort of shift in mentality that you have a better chance of holding on to these players? And would you would you are you in, in favor of shifting to this approach where you're not really capitalizing on players at the peak of their selling potential and then bringing in new relatively unknown play, unknown players as Leicester does so well? Um. It's an interesting one. I think Chilwell last year was a sign that those kind of big four clubs, if one of them come knocking, I think you're always going to lose players because I think Leicester aren't going to win Champions Leagues the same way that those big, you know, the big four should. Um, so I think those are the times. So when you hear Madison link with Arsenal, you know, I, I think that's a testament to what, what, are, what are you moving for? But if Man U came in for him or something like that, I think it would be a, a different game. So I do still think, you know, when... I think Tielemans, like two weeks ago, was being linked with Liverpool pretty hard. They were trying to get him in there. You know, I, th- I think those kinds of clubs, um, you know, will always kind of come and take our, our best players, I think. And again, I, th- I think the fact that we're at a space now where it is only probably two or three teams that would, would, or, that would probably pull our players, they get a big sense of where we are versus where we if, were. If an alien came down to earth and looked at the Premier League and said, so who are the, how do you define like the top teams? How what we, how would you classify the twenty twenty one Premier League teams? I, th- I think you got Man City, Chelsea. I think then you got Liverpool, the Man U. You know the next two, and then I think you've got probably four or five teams in that next bucket. You know Arsenal will be better next year. Tottenham will be better next year. Leicester. So that, that's kind of how I say. I feel like there's like three clusters now, with Chelsea, just, Man City, just money wise, head and shoulders above everybody. It just doesn't um, roll off the tongue, though. No, it's not, not not the big six, is it? Not quite as easy as that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, just following following up on that, you know, from from my perspective, I think Lester has kind of made a, a, a slight shift to say, you know, we know what we're worth. You know, the same. I, I think that you pay a certain. There's, we talked about the English tax. I almost feel like there's a Leicester City tax, just because you know you're getting a quality player. You run clean business, and they just they sell for for more and more. Uh, 
you know, Indeedy and Madison, both linked in, you know, 60, 70, 80, you know, million pound deals. They're 24 years old. Looking at the, the backside of the club, uh, you know, club legends, I'd say Schmeichel, Vardy, both 34 years old. So there's, there's a, there, there's a ticking clock on, on their careers or their effectiveness. Certainly Vardy, Schmeichel could probably play much longer as a keeper, but, you know, do you view the next few years kind of as a, as a as a window to capitalize on any any more potential before there's a new era a new dawn or do you think that Leicester has established enough of an identity to outlast Vardy outlast Schmeichel and you know this is the club that they are uh, and there will be new players rise I, I don't know if it's going to be a Madison that becomes you know that that you know five ten year club legend or but you know who who I guess how do you look at the next like few years with that with that in mind Yeah, I think. Um... You got to have way more confidence than what before. You know, if you ask me that last season, I say, you know, when we're going to be in real trouble. But Vardy didn't really contribute all that much last year. I mean, it was still very prominent. But uh, so I think they've created a model where that we, I think, we should feel confident that we will be able to find the next thing. Um, you know, they keep bringing in good players every year. You know, they they seem to find someone that we can't say the name. They come from somewhere we don't know, and they they do like really great things. Um, so I think, yeah, I feel really bullish. I think you know this will be kind of the the, the tail end of Vardy for this year, without question. I mean, he's mm-hmm. getting older. He relies so much on his athleticism; it just isn't. It's, it's going to drop off, I would imagine. Um, so hopefully, you know, some of the new players can can really jump in and, and help carry us forward. So, Steve, do you think on the Vardy thing? Do you think Iheanacho is a twenty goal season ahead of him, or was the end of last season because he was really your catalyst for the back half of the season when Vardy? was injured and then took a different position or faded away, whichever of those two you want to. Uh, yeah. And Iheanacho really brought you through to the end of your season. So is he a 20-goal man? Because if not, Vardy isn't going to be the whole season. Yeah, I don't think at all that, you know, that he. I thought it was an aberration, Nigel, his contribution for me. So I think there is, someone new has to come into that mix to kind of drive it. Yeah. Um, I think Madison has to have a much better season. You know, he, he really didn't deliver last year. Again, some of that was, you know, his COVID parties that he was going to, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, t- to me, that was that's the big thing. We need Madison to come good, and then we need some of these new players, to, you know, athletic players to really kind of continue the, the Vardy feel through the club and take it on. Yeah. So maybe you should look uh, to Jesus as well. <laughs> you, know, but, but, you know, joking aside, if Man City do decide to go after Kane, they're going to have to get rid of some really good players. You know, like Mares. I still think Mares is incredible, and I think he, he's probably one that could potentially be surplus of requirements. So I think there's some there's some great potential assets out there for for teams yeah. like Spurs and Arsenal and, and probably Leicester to kind of pick up again. I think Bernardo Silva is another one of those oh, yeah. that seemed to find his way on. Didn't after a great season, you know, two years ago, seemed to just be out of the mix a bit more than I was expecting just last year. Mm-hmm. Maybe Gundogan's season contributed to that a bit. Foden's season a little bit. But yeah, there, you know, Foden's in there for the long haul at City. I'm, I'm certain of that. Uh, so yeah, if they get Kane, you're mm-hmm. talking about one one spot really open in that in that front three. So that'll be interesting for sure. Let's do uh, some actual around the table questions on, on some things that are sort of top of mind right now. Being that it's transfer season, I'm curious if you could identify within realms of realisticness, uh, if you could all go around and identify who your ideal signing would be um, for the remainder of the summer to bring into your club. 
and then one player who uh, you think might leave the club as well, who might be a little more unexpected or leave within the next year. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Start with Mark, and Mark's you know he's got the half of his answer already. Yeah, well, um, so question is, if you're saying who my ideal signing would be, I think how many am I allowed? Because we obviously need a lot at the moment, you know. Um, but apparently, we've got a we've got a goalkeeper who is also a rapper, uh, which is fantastic. Um, rapper first, goalkeeper second. You know, at least he's going to be able to put down some rhymes in terms of telling the defenders how to do things in defence. Um, but I think um, I think the obvious gap for us is a centre-back or two or three might be nice. Um, Alderweireld is uh, officially off. Um, and I think that um, if I was to say one signing out of everyone that's been talked about this summer, I think it would be great if we could get the Argentinian guy from At- Atalanta because uh, I watch a, I do tend to watch a bit of Italian football and he is... He is very good. That's uh, Christian Romero. Um, I don't know if we can even afford him, but um, I think he would be a great signing. Yep. Um, in terms of um, who might leave, uh, it's a question of well, can they? Can can a lot of them please leave? Um, I think we've. I think we've got a few. We've got Aurier. I think we've got um, probably Winks. I think we've got Sissoko. Um, you know, um, obviously, you know, and he who. I mean, he must still be named because he hasn't left yet, but it does look like, you know, Harry doesn't want to put on the shirt anymore. Um, and I've always had this opinion, you know, if someone, if someone's making as much of a, what can I say, making as much of a, a scene about it, um, it's it's just going to be disruptive for the end of this, until the end of the season. So we may as well, I think, bite the bullet and, and let him go. He's been a great servant and hopefully we can get a ton of money for him. Mm-hmm. Well, Lamella seems on his way out. Maybe us. Swap deal with the for someone at Sevilla. I thought Endombele actually had a, a decent enough season last year. So yeah, I, I know we've got um, there's rumours about a swap deal for um, Brian Gill, um, who is obviously one of those players that just looks like the best player in the world on YouTube. Um, hopefully that translates to Tottenham as well, but we've had some bad luck with those that, those types of players in the past. Um, yeah. But funnily enough, he's going to be swapped for our own YouTube real highlight man himself, uh, Coco. So, uh, yeah, Lam- Lamella is off. Yeah, the, the man with the world's sharpest elbows. So, um, <laughs> yeah, obviously, you know, I think I'd be excited for that. I mean, the, the young kid, he does look a really good dribbler. So, um, you know, maybe back a throwback to the old Spurs days. Um, but it would also, I mean, I'm interested to see what Ndombele does this year. Um you know, I just got the sense that he really tailed off towards the end of the season. Um, everyone is very quick to to praise him because they spent so much money on him. And it would be embarrassing if he didn't work out. But I feel like he's had a little bit too much of an easy ride. I think he's really got to substantiate what we spent on him. And I don't feel like we've quite seen it yet. Scored a couple of fantastic goals last year. But yeah, you know, just some consistency would be great. Yeah. Do you think do you think Delhi has a better season, Mark, in that create? Because you know he was like a bit of a creative catalyst back in the day. You think he's going to have a rebound under a new manager? Oh yeah. Well, you know, I'm always amazed by anyone who thinks their strategy to get their best out of players is to denigrate them in the press. Um, you know, I don't know if you've ever had a job where your boss has basically told the rest of the workplace that he's really unhappy with you and expects you to be okay with it. Um, 
So with Delhi, um, you know, there's hopes that he uh, he's a better player. Apparently, he's come back to training a lot more muscular in the top body, which I, you know, I don't I don't think would hurt him. But I mean, I'd like to see him do well. He's, uh, you know, he, he's always got a cheeky smile on his face. That's for sure. Um, and I don't I don't mind the fact that he didn't necessarily get on sell well with Mourinho. I mean, who would? Um, so. Yeah, I, I hope he goes well. But I do think this might be the death knell for Harry Winks. I just felt like, you know, despite, um, you know, despite him being Tottenham, I do feel like he is, I think he's on borrowed time and he had a pretty poor season, particularly towards the end of last year. I, I, I think that might be one, you know, bit of Tottenham furniture that gets uh, taken to the trash. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. yeah. 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 I mean, you see... the. It, it wasn't necessarily Mourinho, but you see the type of resurgence, uh, you know, players can get when they go out on loan or get a new scenery. You know, I, I'm not sure Deli Ali is going to be able to do that at at Spurs, uh, but I mean, he's still got he's got quality. He's got the physical tools to compete in the league. You know, so maybe maybe the new manager does it for him. Obviously, Lingard had a, a if, Lingard's the example. If, Ling, if Lingard of. has a future at United, all of a sudden, I think Ali can find his way back into the Spurs team. Right. Yeah. Right. Confidence plays such a role. Yeah. No, but I, I think. Sorry, I was just going to say, I think the big thing this year is, you know, for all of these players who underperformed, you know, they got lucky because of COVID. Like if Spurs were putting up, if they were putting up the sort of football they were putting up and the crowd was there, I think it would have been, I think the reaction would have been a lot worse. I think Mourinho would have been gone a lot sooner. And I think that with that, you know, beautiful new stadium, which is obviously a bit of an embarrassment for a team. And I'm okay with saying this, a team that hasn't won very much. Um Fill that fill that stadium up with uh, the thousands and uh, put that type of football on, and you're going to get you're going to get mayhem. It's you know there's going to be a lot of people who are unhappy. So yeah, I'm glad you're just you're leaning into it at this point in the in the cycle of Spurs fandom. You're it like let it let it burn. Yeah, why not? Yeah, if it's not going well, put on a show. You know, it's about moving on this year. Cut cut your losses. Play some great football. Maybe not get Europe, but um, you know, just put on a better show than last year and play for the shirt. All right, All right, Nigel. Let's go to let's go to you on your on, on James's question here about your ingoings, outgoings. Well, it's it's. I just got to preface this with a little bit of a technical uh, update here because, um, you know, I really treasure every word Mark says, but I didn't hear any of that because <laughs> for some reason, he and I have uh, sound like um, muted each other. But uh, I, I trust. Patrick and yeah. James yep. and yeah, it's a bit yeah. odd. Yep. Yeah. 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 And Mark, you still can't, right? Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was a lot of wisdom that Mark. That he was just. I know. I could see by the. the I could see by your three faces. You were very entertaining. But, uh, things about you and Manchester United. So feel free to respond back in kind. <laughs> that's that's probably what you. It got very personal. Most, yeah. <laughs> Might yeah. have to cut it out. It was it was yeah. quite ugly actually. Salacious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It'll yeah. just make fun listening back, I guess. Yeah. 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 Okay. Right. Is there anything specific I have to respond to? Or I'll just uh, go with my own vibe? No. Okay. No, no, no. We're, we're so, just having a laugh. Right. So I think on uh, uh, Man United, I think you want first the ideal signing? Yes. Now, yeah. Now, uh, and we exclude Sancho because he's already done. So it's yes. like I get, a, I get a free hit. You know, it's great. Yeah. Um, this may sound a bit of a surprise. I I would want Declan Rice. 
Um, I think he is a, a missing piece. I think separately, because I don't think it's such a big deal, we can get any centre back that's better than Lindelof. I, you know, I don't <laughs> There's think. There's a wide range of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So I think um, that's not a big so deal. So I'm Var- saying Varane isn't as critical. As like no, a because if we didn't get Varane, we should still get somebody else. So I feel okay. searching the world for a centre back better than Lindelof is not. I don't put that as an ideal signing. It's such an obvious hmm. signing. Um, sure. So we will solve that problem. So if you wanted my ideal, it's Declan Rice. I still feel the problem is the pivot, and I am fed up with the the McFred pivot. It's not one thing or another. Um, You know, it doesn't defend and it doesn't attack, so I I don't know exactly what the pivot is. Um, McTominay, I'm okay with. I feel he is a good player, um, we were talking about the squad earlier on, a fine player to have in, in a squad. Uh, sure. He'll get better. Uh, he had, has already gotten better. But I'd like to see Declan Rice in. I think he's a real dynamo. Um, and uh, I don't think we will, because if he goes anywhere, it'll unfortunately be Chelsea. Chelsea, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I believe, um, I believe Pogba will go. And I'm not entirely upset about it. I when I watched the Euros, to Mark's earlier point, I'm sorry, Mark, you can't hear this. Uh, that that really sort of et me up watching Pogba play for France because that's the player he is. But he sure. will not do that for Man United. He might do it, you know, every so often when his agent says, you know, oh, it's time for you to have a good game or his Instagram feed suggests that he should, you know, have something of a football nature to, to put in it. But wow. uh, I'm at... No, I've I've had it now. I really have. And particularly now with him being able to dangle this, I'm going for free next year uh, when his contract ends. I would do it now. If PSG yeah. want to do business, I'd do it. And I don't think anyone should feel upset or have ill feelings towards the United decision makers for making that call. No, I, I think even if it's 50 million, you know, in a world we're talking about Harry Kane at 150 even if PSG realize they've got a huge bargaining advantage and he goes for 50, I still think that's worth it. I do um, think it's hilarious looking at PSG's summer transfer dealings that they think like Pogba's the missing piece in that puzzle of yeah. like absolute superstars. But I, I, I agree, just to kind of insert my own United fan opinion in there. It Whether it's... I, 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 I don't really mind if we sell him this summer. Hey, we tried. We tried. I don't hold anything against him. I don't hold anything against United. It didn't work. Let's get the money and reinvest it. Or if he can buckle down and have one more season, we actually have a run at a title as long as we can bring in but James, ideally he, a center back. He's not going to buckle down. He doesn't. He's he's not. I think that's a bit. I think that's a bit unfair considering mm. last season. I actually thought he had a good season. I think he's in for one last ride. Yeah. I think Mina Riola clients are going to wind down their contracts so they can get bigger wages and bigger. And bigger uh, agents fees and I don't like what what's happening but uh, Donnarumma just did that uh, you know Holland thankfully has a release clause so we're not going to see that but I, I would not be surprised to see Pogba wind his contract down which honestly I don't think is a horrible situation for Manchester United we get to all have a laugh that he went for free twice I mentioned that on the last podcast I think I'm gonna do it every podcast until it happens he's pretty proud of that one <laughs> and, then, and then but at the same time for for United you know I maybe you free up Pogba maybe if he knows I'm going on a free 
it maybe that gives him a little bit of of clarity. I don't I don't know. That's that's the best case scenario, of course. Well, I think uh, there's another. United, di- but I, I believe there's another dimension, though, is that if Pogba becomes the player you think he might be, and it's not that he doesn't show it, but he shows it for four or five games. But James, if he doesn't, if he becomes the player you think he mm-hmm. he should be, then you lose the value on Fernandez. The two of them are are are. I believe, are mutually exclusive. So the mm. Pogba issue for me is he doesn't fit in that system. Um, and well, if you he... talked about squad depth and squad players, right? What's what's the downside to not having them mix every single game? Or all I'm saying is if you bring in the players who can actually make us real title contenders, I'm not talking about finishing as the best of the rest. I'm talking about making a run for the title is having Pogba in your squad a downside? And I actually don't think he's as toxic as people make him out to be. I think his agent is a slug, but I don't think he as a player in the dressing room is as toxic as people make him out to be. And I think a, a proper a proper holding midfielder, like a Declan Rice. <laughs> nice, Mark. You know, I think, I, think, I think somebody who can actually hold that midfield, distribute, defend, will free up Pogba. When Pogba has to play in the reverse pivot... He has to play he with looks a little bit. He looks lost <laughs> when he has to play with... with you know, with too many holding midfield, right, he but, likes to kind of sit in that but, pocket versus run forward. But that, that's my Fernandez point. If Pogba sure. is free, then what does Fernandez do? You kind of have two free players in that number, what should we call it, number six slash number ten role. And Fernandez, for sure, now is the number uh, more of a number six than number ten with the Sancho signing. So the formation now is definitively three up front. Uh, you know. With a centre forward, two wingers, or sure. whatever, mm-hmm. with a free a libero or whatever you want to call that place, a ten. Yeah, you can't have Pogba and Fernandez. Uh, you, you certainly can't against any of the top half opposition or any European uh, opposition. You might be able to, you know, against uh, who's coming up this season, uh, Brentford. You know, actually, no, I rate Brentford. Um, <laughs> <laughs> back. Watford, Watford right. You know, you might be able to against Watford, but... Sheffield United took three points. That's inherently my point about Pogba, is he is not a defensive midfielder. He's certainly not a right midfielder, which Solskjaer tried uh, with him. His position, as he proved in France, is a, you know, a a free agent in the middle of the the pitch with Conte as Mm -hmm. his... As his Fred. <laughs> so, uh, you know. Um, with no similarities beyond with that. With no similarities at all. <laughs> so I would, I go back to repeating my point. I take the money on Pogba. I don't think he's toxic in the dressing room. I think he's a nice lad. He seems like, and nobody has a bad word for him in the, in the squad. Uh, sure. But I would take the money and I try and, uh, uh, not try, I would pick up another uh, midfielder. Okay. Okay. And then uh, any surprise outgoings? Do you think Van Der Beek's going to stay and actually? Oh, so Pogba is not my surprise outgoing. That didn't count. <laughs> um, any others? <laughs> I would go with Marshall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually I think yeah appropriate. Do you yeah. think? Do you think? Uh, do you think Van Der Beek's going to get an actual trial in the squad, or do you think he was just a botched signing? Uh, he, he, well, he's he's recovering now. He's had a good rest. Um, I maybe he's the Pogba replacement if they could just uh, you know say this is the position so uh, 
I, I just don't know where he's supposed to play. But but um, you, you you talked about trusting the bench, and I think the most damning indictment of him yeah. not doing that was yeah. with Van de Beek, who yeah. sat no, on that was that was kind of disgraceful. That I think I feel that was a a bad uh, you know throughout the season he managed him very badly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Well, Steve, why don't you bring us home? Who's 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 Leicester going to sell for a hundred million and buy for eight and have no impact on their squad? <laughs> you know, it, it was funny because um, I was thinking about you know who the, who's the type of player they could bring. We talked about the end of Vardy. Um, you know, Marks for Spurs. Danny Ings was one that's always jumped to mind as about the kind of player that would have the same kind of tenacious athleticism yeah. kind of characteristic and probably the the right attitude to play for a club like us. So that, that's been one that I've been trying to keep an eye on and see whether that would um, kind of land. So I really like that one. Um, you know, and I think Ndidi is the risk factor for me because I think there's so many teams that could really use a good player to sit in front of the, the defenders. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they, you know, try and get uh, Declan Rice, Nigel and Man come knocking for someone like Ndidi. who's proven in the, in the league to really be able to play that role. So I think, I think, Somebody will one of the one of our kind of core players will leave. I would imagine you know, it just wouldn't be a transfer window without it happening. Um, so I, I think that would be it. But finding somebody that really fits the mold um, of, to replace Vardy is probably the uh, the key. I think if, if one of these new players that I don't really know probably already have a bit of that in them as well. Right, right. Yeah, I guess Iheanacho got that extension, but that 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 kind of to me felt like a. We don't know what we're going to get out of Vardy. You're playing good enough to be a rotation guy, but I don't. I I, I don't think he's that guy. He's just serviceable enough. Um, and obviously, you know, no, no no discredit to him. He he did really, you know, carry Leicester towards the end of the season last year. Put on quite a show. He finished double digits Premier League goals, which no one would have predicted at the start of the season. But yeah, who's the there's the there's the kid from Celtic that I think uh, Brightner in on that I thought. Uh, yeah, we thought Rogers would go back for him, kind of thing, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We get yeah. we get Harvey Barnes back, which I think will be good, and he mm-hmm. you know, he'll be that's almost true, be a, like true. a loose new signing for us. You know, he, he was out for so long until he was out. Yeah, that's right. He, I would have fantastic thought, player. He could have been in the Euros. You know, he legit could have been yeah. a contender for that. Yeah. Um. So you know, hopefully he comes back in and, and gives us a, a jolt as well. Yeah, that is funny you mentioned. We 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 talked about it a bit last year, but Leicester had. You know, everyone made made so many points about Liverpool's injury struggles and you know the excuses and all that and the other. But you know, Leicester was missing you know half their squad for yeah. for a decent chunk of that season. So again, I think a model uh, and a club mm-hmm. that a lot of folks envy just the way that club is run. You know, from a financial perspective, transfer perspective, but also we were during the uh, the FA Cup. You know, how many how many clubs would have the uh, the players and the coaches you know smiling, coming you know calling the owner down to the field? You know, that doesn't. That doesn't happen, you know. The, the the community of that club is something and, that, I mean, certainly I admire. It's just yeah. it's a shit show. It's and a it's a little different than the way Mark described the Bond villain owners of the the big uh, the big clubs earlier, for sure. Oh yeah. Well, that's what that's what football is at its best. I think you know the community, the club, you know the, the camaraderie, you know, on and off the pitch, and that's Lester embodies that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and uh, a nice moment to enjoy that you were able to celebrate. Wes Morgan's retirement, not at the expense of the FA Cup. Yeah. He tried. <laughs> shaky, shaky last few minutes there. Just holding on. Brendan yeah, Rodgers yeah. was going for the storyline and nearly backfired right in his face. But, you know, good on Wes Morgan. Good on yeah. Wes Morgan. Legendary career, yeah. Um, 
All right. Well, I'm gonna ra- let's wrap it up with one more roundtable set of questions. I want prediction for your club and where they're gonna finish, and I want a wild card question. What do you think is gonna be a train wreck or disaster storyline in the Premier League in general? Doesn't need to be related to your club. <laughs> no point in it, Mark. This is bad radio, but there's lots of finger pointing. At Mark. <laughs> uh, so let's go reverse order, Steve. Why don't we Why don't we start with you? Um, I think Leicester will be fifth again. Would be my sense. I, I think we'll we'll kind of in the um, same manner. <laughs> hopefully, not as heartbreakingly <laughs> this time. <laughs> um, but I, I would imagine that the the big, you know, the kind of the core four will be really strong again. So I think that will be a good season for us. You know, a, a good run in Europe and some good cup action again. I think that will be a great season. I, I think the. London derby, Arsenal and Spurs, which is going to be the biggest shit show, is always kind of the most entertaining part of the, the season right now. Let's put on um, the show, baby. We got it. We got you. But but I, I do you know I do think that the Spurs have got if, if you know Harry really does go, I think there's going to be some really interesting dynamics in how they either really use it as a platform to go forward or they just kind of crumble backwards. So I, th- I think I'll be keeping a good lookout on that and, and hoping the bantery texts fly around as we, uh, as we witness some fun things coming out of North London. All right. Nigel? Oh, okay. I'm so sorry, Mark, can't hear this, but... Uh... <laughs> so I'm going to, you know, I, I, I would like to be optimistic, but I'm going to stick with Man United coming in second. Um, I just think it's uh, maybe one or two seasons earlier than uh, getting to the to the title, but I'm still going to stick with them coming second. Well, can I just throw something out there? I think what's interesting is doing this at a very specific moment in time where you could say United has had the most, this is so bizarre, so far the most successful and newsworthy transfer window with Sancho in, Varane on the way. So far, City, Liverpool, Chelsea kind of biding their time, waiting to make their moves. So your outlook now, I'm I'm optimistic as can be, but obviously these clubs can make their moves and have retooled pretty significantly by yeah, the end of the summer. Yeah, yeah. No, I suspect so, Haaland will you go have to into... Expect it. I think Haaland will go to Chelsea. I think... Uh, you think he's going to move now? Yeah, Abramovich has said whatever it takes, so... Um, he's got a... A release clause next yeah. year, I believe. Yeah, like seventy mil, something like yeah. that. Yeah, so they they so. they'll take the money now. They'll they'll get close to the one fifty. Abramovich is going to spend that, and uh, I can't remember who said it at the beginning of the pod, but I, I would say Chelsea finished the strongest of all the clubs. If you take the the back half of the season, I don't know if that's statistically true, but just you know, if you think about their performance from where they were to finish in the Champions League from where they were to win the Champions League. So statistically, they might have not, you know, had the more, most wins in their column, but I just thought they looked the strongest. So to your point, James, if they've still got somebody to add, and let's say it's someone like Harland, I think they're going to be tough to beat. So I think getting back to predictions for Man United, second would be uh, a pretty good achievement. Um, and I'm going to go with my surprise package for the second time running. They were the surprise package last year, or the what? What do you call it? Like the negative surprise, or the the, the, the train the, wreck? The train wreck, right? <laughs> for the second year running, I'm going to go with Everton. <laughs> I feel it nearly came off last year because everybody was like, "Oh, Everton, they're going to be so good," um, and I think they ended up almost as relegation fodder. I mean, they were pretty abysmal. Um, 
They've now got a manager they already hate. So that's always a good start. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they've got a sex offender on their books. So, you know, I really think that uh, <laughs> Everton is going to finish down in the bottom reaches. That's that's my train wreck. Mark, just to recap for you, uh, he thinks United's going to finish second and his surprise surprise train wreck of the season is Everton on account of having a manager who's hated and a sex offender on the books. <laughs> I think it's Everton. I think, um, you know, whatever progress they've made recently has just really sort of fallen away. And uh, I don't know if uh, you guys caught the news today, but they, um, the city of Liverpool has had its uh, UNESCO heritage status revoked. It, and one it? of the key reasons why that status has been revoked, which is apparently a very big deal, is the new Everton <laughs> Stadium site at the docks. So I just think, you know, new manager who's pretty hated, um, obviously a sex offender that we all know about. Oh, uh, he's unnamed. He's a he's the third the thirty one year old not Fabian <laughs> Dell the place forever too. We can't go on record. What's that? Wait, what's that, Mark? You know, just they just don't seem to be spending the money all right. And you know, I, I think losing Ancelotti has really sort of stuck the knife in because the one quality player they had last year is he's going to be off now, like Rodriguez. So um, yeah, uh, it's difficult to say where Tottenham are going to finish because honestly, I would just be happy with better football. Top half. I was, you know, I was so tired of uh, just seeing us park the bus. I mean, it was like we had a fleet of buses. It was like we we're taking out a new bus every weekend um, and just parking them there. And the football was not great. Although, you know, uh, you know, despite that, it was just great to see Son and Kane still have such great seasons. You know what I mean in terms of their respective totals. But the, just the football was woeful. So I hear that a lot from Patrick on the Arsenal side of things too. <laughs> so just just make me not hate myself. That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of a prediction, look, I would love to say fifth, but I think fifth is. I think fifth is a bit of a reach. It's, it's more competitive than ever now. So I'm going to say, hoping for fifth, probably realistically sixth or seventh. And um, I'm just, but I'm just hoping for a better spectacle. I'm, I'm really hoping for better football. That, that would, that would make the year for me. If, uh, yeah, if, if Nuno settles in and the players play well uh, and we score a few goals and we just uh, maybe park minis instead of buses, I'll be happy with <laughs> yeah. that. Um, and one other, yeah, look, one other one that I think is going to be interesting this year is I think, you know, uh, I think Tuchel came in and he had a great season, but I think Chelsea are due. I think they're going to have a difficult season this year, and really? I, I think the reason for that is people do people do looking. forget they were a Champions League final loss away from not making the Champions League. They they ended with a pretty shocking result against Villa. So yeah, I, I don't I don't agree, but I can. I can see why you're saying it. So who's his train wreck? Everton is... Oh, sorry. Nigel was asking who the yeah. train wreck was. Everton yeah. was the train wreck, but also could be a surprise fallout for Chelsea, which is... It is an oh. interesting one. You know, we, we we talk like, you know, obviously... I mean, it's, it, I'm going to make this about Arsenal. Always will. Arsenal only finished six points off Chelsea last season. You know, and that's that's... <laughs> remarkable when you when you think about it you know Chelsea weren't world beaters you could still make the case that they were in a new manager bounce you know if you remember you know the the Tuchel was only there for five six months and they have you know massive massive quality in the team 
you know, people have to fight for their place at Chelsea, which I think is a really important thing to getting the best out of your players is having somebody knocking on the door uh, behind you. And so the, the, those are the things going for Chelsea, but they're, they're not out of the woods for me from, uh, you know, obviously the Champions League is, we'd all, we'd all love to have it in our club, surely. So, I mean, that's, that's a huge accomplishment, but they're not, they haven't turned the corner completely, at least in, in my opinion. I just don't, I'm not a believer of, uh, how can I put it? I'm just not a believer that that unit is really geared to take on the reinvigorated Man U, Manchester City. And I think Liverpool are due a bounce back. And I think Chelsea, with their, you know, uh, Putin crony funded salaries, I think are pretty due a comeuppance. So that's my vote for a, um, that's my vote for a, a potential one of the top four that I think is possibly going to flounder. On that note, it's going to upset our Russian contingent, but in any case, <laughs> yeah. Prem de la Prem has a, it's, Mark, it's, it's like you've just sort of said Hong Kong is a, its own principality. We've got to go apologize to some people now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, no, that, what I was going to say, sorry, James, I, I, I got yeah, into it. Sorry. Jay, I, I noticed, uh, according to Apple, your podcast, Patrick and James, is rated, has a rating of uh, explicit. So um, I, th- I think we worked really hard for that. I know. So I, I felt the outing of Sex Offender was quite legitimate to give them that rating. <laughs> it's actually a shame we didn't lead with it. Yeah. yeah, we're ending on. Yeah, we're ending on sex offenders and um, Russian cronyism. So I think we're raising the bar for the kind of gossip you get on Prem de la Prem. And yeah. gentlemen, that's all a testament to how, how much fun it's been having the three of you on. And uh you know, we, we say it, but we really mean it. We're going to try and check in with each of you as the season goes on, especially after something particularly tasty happens with one of your clubs. I'm not looking at Mark in particular, but that is, that's just where my eyes go. Um, so no, it's been an absolute blast. It's been great having you all on and we look forward to covering the rest of the season with you all. Sure. Thank you guys. What's up, Prem Heads? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem De La Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem De La Prem Podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life.